it's Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog. And today I'm bringing my guest on, Michelle Rhodes from Mannered Mutts, because at my shop, all I'm seeing is bad mannered dogs. We're calling them COVID puppies because over the past two years, a lot of us have gone out and adopted dogs or rescued dogs. And because we've been in isolation and not really living our normal lives, these dogs uh, have suffered. They haven't been socialized or trained. And owning a groom shop, I'm seeing these dogs or a daycare. I'm seeing these dogs on a regular basis that have never had their nails clipped or seen a bath or been in daycare and met other dogs. So I really wanted to talk to her about this and then maybe offer some advice and information for those of us who do need help with our reactive dogs who maybe don't like other dogs or don't like people or are severely anxious dogs that react by biting or can't be left home alone because they go nuts. So stay tuned. Michelle Rhodes of Mattered Mutts is going to help us through this. And we're back with your natural dog. And I'm so excited. I have Michelle Rhodes of Mannered Mutts here with me, which you are a trainer. And I love the name of your company because as my listeners know, I don't know if you know, I own a groom shop. You know, it's a retail store also, but we mostly do grooming, some daycare, boarding, some other, we call spa services, you know, cleaning of the teeth, some chiropractic. We do it all. We don't do training. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to, and we must say on a reg- on a daily basis, probably hourly basis, these dogs have no manners. <laughs> yes, I get it. We just opened up our downtown store during COVID, and I don't know why I thought it would be different than my other store, which is kind of out in the boonies, mm-hmm. but these dogs have never had their nails clipped they haven't been brushed. They haven't been bathed. They've never even been in a grooming shop where another person is touching their booty and their nails and their ears. Oh, yeah, they hate that. I literally used to go from a threat of a dog trying to bite us like once a month to daily. Oh, wow. Dogs coming in with bite marks on them because they were out in the dog park and another dog just randomly bit them. Mm-hmm. You and I just were at an event yes. where I watched people bring dogs that didn't like other dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I watched how they reacted when their dog started going after another dog. <laughs> so thank you for coming on my show so that we could talk about some of these issues and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like trainers are needed more than ever because these dogs were not socialized, they were, you know, purchased, you know, in the past two years and got, didn't even get socialized, much less training. Right. So I guess the, how the heck to teach these dogs some manners is really important. What are you seeing out there? Are you seeing it that it's different? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I see a lot of dogs coming into my classes that are just terrified of the world and it breaks my heart. They are that is a great way of saying it. They're terrified of the world and they're afraid of other dogs. They're afraid of people. They're afraid of the simplest little things because they've been in their in their little bubble. I just feel bad for them because they don't have to stay that way. There is right. a, You can fix it. You don't have to let your dog live in fear like that where they can actually enjoy the world again. There is a way. There is, you know, it's what I've been doing most of my life is working with these fearful dogs. So, I mean, if you put the time in, you, you can fix it. Good. Well, that's good to know. 
So Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the COVID dogs first. So if those of you who have a friend or maybe you picked up a couple of new dogs, how, what is kind of the first steps if we did have basically these dogs where we brought up and there was no socialization, they didn't, they didn't get to go out into the world and experience these things. Right. What are the first kind of tips you can give these pet parents of what they should do? And thank goodness that it's not too late. Right. No, no. I always say, um, people don't always like to hear it, but the fastest way is the slowest. You can't just take a fearful dog and say, okay, I don't want you to be afraid of other dogs or people anymore. So we're going to take them to a very crowded place and hope for the best, which is bad. You can get yourself into a lot of trouble and your dog can get into a lot of trouble. Right. And it depends on the dog that you have too. Um, If you have a more pat, you know, a dog that is kind of protective and you decide that you're going to socialize them today in a crowd, somebody's able to get bit. And that's what I think most of them are doing. You know, they're taking their, especially when I see the little dogs out and they're out and the dog is fine. And then the dog sees another dog and decides Mm -hmm. to go after it. And it's like, I have to protect my owner. And I just watched the owner pick up the dog and run away from the other dog. And I'm like, well, that's probably, you just verified what he was doing was correct. (laughs) Right. And then (laughs) the last, and then the last memory that dog has was like, okay, I'm supposed to attack this other dog. You know what I mean? That's what they think. So like I said, the fastest way is the slowest. The best thing you can do is find a find a trainer, exercise, and any kind of supplements and things like that. You have to use everything together. You can't just throw CBD oil at them. You can't just throw exercise at them or training. It has to be a combination of all of everything. So I usually tell people, find a trainer and start teaching your dog some things. Whether you start with private sessions first and go from there. But exercise is the key. I love that. I love that on your site. A good dog is a tired dog. <laughs> A, good, a tired dog is a good dog, yeah. Yeah, I used to say that about kids. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, the dog that I currently have now, he's sleeping on my couch. I got him in a year old. He's a Cane Corso, Italian Mastiff, and he was terrified of everybody and everything. The best thing you can do is we started just going on quiet, long walks together until he built the trust with me. And then eventually, I would inter- once he was tired, after a good long walk, I would take him somewhere where there was some people, where there was some activity. And we would just kind of observe from a distance. And I'd see, okay, he's handling this. So we go a little closer. Okay, he's not handling that. So we kind of retract. And when I see he's settled a little bit, then we'd leave. You know, and little by little, I would get him around my friends who would listen. And I'd say, just ignore him. Let him, let him figure this out. Because I point blank say, if you rush him, he's going to get you. He's going to he's going to bite you. So little by little, I'd got him around the right people, and eventually he was he was okay. It took almost a year, wow. but it's you cannot introduce them to new things on a full charge. Meaning, if you go, it's like okay, after work, I'm going to grab the dog fresh out of my house, and we're going to go to a real crowded place. That's not going to work. You have to tire them out. You have to kind of let them settle. You know, which I love that because we when we've got a few of these dogs that are just losing their mind when they're in our groom shop, same thing. We're Mm -hmm. like, how about you take them for a nice long walk? Or how about we do that if you can't do it so that we can get them a little bit worn out? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what does that do? It just kind of quiet gets the nervous energy out and they can pay attention more? It does. It kind of gets, well, like for us, it just gets positive things flowing. It kind of brings the cortisol levels down because people don't realize if you have a dog, they react to something, their cortisol levels shoot through the roof and then it becomes like a boiling pot. So if you think of a boiling pot and you think of a dog that just reacted to a situation, now they're at like high. So the littlest thing could set them off again. So you have to cut and it can take sometimes an hour or more for that, for those levels to come down. So you really have to, that's why I say like, 
with a really fearful dog, you have to start simple and quiet. And then you eventually throw in, you know, distractions. Like you have to figure out what they're really terrified of the most. And you just kind of, you know, if, if it's people, you have to deal with that. If it's other dogs, you know, there's certain ways to go, you know. What if it's a nail trim? Well, if it's a nail trim, <laughs> <laughs> then you have to start, you know, you have to start handling their feet. But they have to be really, really tired because if they're on a full charge, they're going to have all that energy built up to go for you, you know. So when they're really, really tired, you start messing with their feet. Bring the clipper out and just use that clipper to rub their foot. You know, you don't clip anything, maybe just real simple. And it takes time. Like everybody wants everything in a hurry, but you can't, you have to be patient and take your time. Right. And understand that if you do get a puppy, what a great time to teach them Ah, everything you need them to do, because they don't care. They don't, they'll get used to it. They're easy to train and you don't have to worry about getting your hand bit off. Yeah. It's a little ball of clay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, Uh, we see dogs that haven't had their nails cut in it ever or mm-hmm. they're a year old and they've never been cut and we're mm-hmm. they're turning into their paw pads. So now the dog's getting its nails cut for the first time and it's painful. So right. you can imagine what kind of experience that dog's now got. But right. you force, you know, your vet and your groomer and everyone else who cares for your pet to train mm-hmm. your dog for you because you didn't do it. Right. And we go through a bottle of <laughs> CBD Dog Health Calm in one week just trying to calm dogs. Oh, I'm sure. Trying to get them out of a crate. They've never met us. You know, they've never had water on them. They've never heard a dryer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. And then I've, and for the first time, I've had to worry about multiple dogs being in my shop because none of them are trained and they're all interacting for the first time. Right. It's crazy. Right. And I always tell everybody, you have a small, when you have a puppy, you have a small window of opportunity. I think it's like eight weeks to four months, five months that you want to start really in- introducing them to things. And eight weeks, I'd always say either you want to start at like seven weeks, but you shouldn't really have a puppy that early. You should start like nine weeks because you shouldn't really do anything with them at eight weeks, just simple stuff. Mm-hmm. But once they hit that nine-week marker, you want to start like cars and trucks and people and dogs. and Exposure, right? Yeah. I was raising my first Rottweiler, and when she was about 10 weeks old, we would go everywhere. And I remember there was a guy, a lineman up on our on our electrical pole, and he had hats and gear and all kinds of stuff. I said, can you please come say hi to my dog? And he starts taking things off. I said, no, no, no. Leave your sunglasses on. Leave your hat awesome. on. I want you to come at her. And, you know, and that's what, because it doesn't phase them at that point. They may be a little nervous, but then they're like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's, right. I'm not afraid because mom's not afraid. Exactly. You know, so, and that's socialization is the key. And also at that time, training them to be left alone, because if you've Mm -hmm. taken them everywhere, they're going to expect to go everywhere with you. And then they also need to learn how to cope being alone. Yes. Some people are against crate training. Which I don't understand. Yeah. I love when people, the dog's destroying the house, put them in a crate, teach them how to be in a crate for a little while. And just you slowly, you know, you introduce the crate and you make sure that it's not a scary place. It shouldn't be used as a place of punishment. Right. Um, and then you start with like, again, exercise your dog first, put them, you know, and you don't make a fuss. Like a lot of people, it's, you know, bye, honey. I'll see you later, mommy. Oh, I hate to leave you. Please be good. And that just like can amp them back up again. Like, why are they getting like, what's the right. problem here? I just my friends laugh at me because when I go, I just leave. I don't say goodbye to my dogs when they're, I just, I just leave. And it's like, their dogs are not people. Like they're not going to be offended that, oh, she didn't say goodbye, dude. She right, didn't say goodbye right. to us. Like they don't oh, care about funny. that. 
So um, I tell people, just leave, you know, exercise your dog, put them in the crate and go. Don't make a big fuss. And then same thing when you come home, just let them out, take them out. Don't make a big fuss. Don't encourage that craziness. Don't encourage excitement. And then you go in small doses. You don't want to put your dog in a crate and be gone for five hours. Maybe you only go 20 minutes, you know, maybe a half hour, come home. And then you kind of want to increase that, you know, but people don't realize like 95% of all behavioral issues can be solved with good exercise and training. No wow. drugs. Like, please don't drug your dog. Like, um, I work at a veterinary hospital, and when I see people begging for trazodone, it's like, just walk your dog. I hear walk you, Walk and train your dog. Walk and train your dog because that's good for some things, but for the most part, like, that's not the answer. It's a band-aid. I don't Even think, like, when? When is trazodone good for behavior? I don't think ever. It, like, it's a band-aid. One yeah. of the reasons that I created the Calm Tincture is because so many mm-hmm. people were bringing their dogs in completely drugged. They couldn't even stand for a groom. And then yeah. what do you think happens when that dog starts coming out of it and it's right. in a strange place, right. it's on a table being with scissors. So I used to be like, please don't, please yeah. don't. Here's something that's all natural. They're mm-hmm. aware. And I feel like it's a beautiful tool because they're still there. They may be going, wait, I'm supposed to be scared of this, but they're feeling calm. And it mm-hmm. and they, the next time they come, it's a little better. And then the next time they come, it's even better. Yeah. And then by, you know, six or seven time, we don't have any issues when anymore at the groom shop. Now they're right. calm. They're used to it. And we've trained them. We've trained the, the owner. But I love how most things can be solved by exercise and training. It's true. Yeah. And, the, and like I said, supplements are great. I have clients who say, oh, I just keep giving them CBD oil. Well, what kind of? Are you buying it from a gas station or are you exactly. buying it from a legitimate source? Amen. But the other thing is everything's got to work together. Right. Like I always tell everybody it's, it's a combination of all, th- of all three. You know, that just and everything works together. And it's not like a once and done magical thing. You have to over time and you have to make sure like you guys have legit CBD oil. It's not just from a gas station or, you know, you have to know what you're getting, you You know, make sure that's the right, you know, so. All right. Well, we have to take a small break and we'll be right back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. And we're back and we're with Michelle Rhodes of Mannered Mutts. Gosh, I love that name. So let's say we're one of these people that have got a dog and we're in this situation where we're scared to bring them out of the house because we're worried they're so anxious or that they're going to be reactive to another dog or worse, Mm -hmm. we continue not to leave our house with them because they're so anxious or reactive, which people, you have to leave your house. You have to leave your house and your dog has to go to the vet and it has to go to the groomer sometimes. It has to get its nails cut. You have to train your dog. So keeping your anxious, reactive dog at home isn't going to work because you're going to have to leave that house and get these things done. So we're not judging. I rescued crazy dogs all the time, and I'm not saying I always do everything right, but tell us what we can do. Let's start with the reactive dog first. Like the event we were just at, 
where we had people bringing dogs and the dog is there and it spots another dog and starts acting like it's, and of course it's a Shih Tzu doing it to a pit bull always. Of course. What immediately should, should we be doing with our Shih Tzu that's trying to take on a pit bull? Well, <laughs> to backtrack a little bit, um, like you said, you want to try not taking your dog places like just, just the groomer, just the vet. You want to try, you should walk your dog every day, someplace fun, not always on, you know, try to find like a wooded trail, a sidewalk, you know, you should walk your dog daily. So they're not, oh, every time I leave the house, it's tort, I'm being tortured. And recognize your dog. If you think, okay, you know what, he does kind of, he's kind of dog reactive. Maybe we should leave him at home because we're going to this big event and he's not going to deal well. So if you are at, a, at an event and your dog does react, don't pick the dog up. And if it's a big dog, you want to, you have to like kind of excuse yourself until the dog calms down, but you don't want to ultimately leave because you don't want their last memory to be something like negative. That. So you try to calm, you try to calm them down and try to just kind of regroup. And you, I know it's hard for us as dog owners sometimes, but you just have to take a deep breath and think, okay, we're going to try this again. And even just Except the fact that we're not going to be able to maybe walk through the whole event. Let's just keep them on the outskirts. The worst thing you can do is pick up a little dog because it just gives them more. It empowers them even more. And if you do have even like a nervous, anxious, reactive dog, you never want to coddle them. So if my dog is reacting to another dog, I don't want to be, you're okay. It's all right. Everything's okay. Because you're basically saying, okay. Right. You're saying this right. is good behavior and it's not. I feel like that's the biggest mistake that they make. They're trying to remove them from the yes. situation. And instead you've just rewarded them and told them you've done the right thing. You protected me. Thank you. Yeah. Instead of no, no, never comes out of the, the mouth. They don't know why you're jerking away and leaving the situation. Yeah. So I love that you're saying that. Thank you. Right. And less yelling is the best thing. Like if you start screaming at your dog, all they're doing, okay, now, now I got my mom right. to bark. Now right. she's barking. The best thing is just Calm energy, you walk away from the situation, but you want to come back to it so it's a positive, so that's not always a negative thing. Like when I work with reactive dogs, because I work with some dogs that hate other dogs, I have a program that I call No Dog Left Behind. Where So cool. Oh, so cool. Um, I wish every place had this. We have, um, we do random pack walks and I'll encourage reactive dogs to come along and we, they wear a yellow bandana and I let everybody know. And usually what happens is they kind of stay at the back of the pack for a little while and we gradually kind of move them in. And usually like 95% of the time at the end of the pack walk, they're not going to enter, they're not going to meet other dogs. They're not going to play with other dogs, but the owners are like, Oh, I could walk my dog. And then my dog's not reacting to other dogs. And it's getting them around dogs that are, like if I have a reactive dog, I'll start with a non-reactive pack to bring them to. So that it's like, okay, I'm reacting, I'm losing my mind, right. but they're not doing anything. And then it's like, huh, this isn't working anymore. So then you start to see, okay. And then they kind of just forget about it, you know. And then little by little, they get over it, you know, and then they do, then if a reactive dog comes their way, they can process it and handle it a little bit better. So it, it but it's a slow process. It's not, you don't want to just take your dog to like a, a busy dog place when they're just learning. You have to start, like I said, the fastest way is the slowest. Find yourself a trainer that know that has a clue that can really help you with that stuff because they're out there. You know, people going to dog parks, you know, they need to understand that I feel like people all assume that everybody's dog is trained and is friendly and no. it's not. You have people who think that they're doing the right thing by putting their dog in that situation without training them. So you have a reactive dog. So, you know, the, 
the best way to know the whether you have a reactive dog or not, you know, a dog that's good most of the time is when you're in that situation where like the dog that was just in my shop that got bit, great dog, but another dog came out of nowhere and bit him. So now you've got a mm-hmm. dog, two dogs fighting. What do you do in that situation? What What is your suggestion? Like, this is how bad it is. I've never felt like I had to take all my staff and go, this is what you do. But that's what I'm doing now. I'm like, yeah. if you've got in our lobby, I feel like we're constantly separating, you know, keeping dogs away because everybody's new and nobody's been trained or know what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. if this happens. This is what are you going to do first? This is what you do kind of thing. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on the, uh, I mean, if two dogs actually like latch on and they're connected and they're not letting go, um, I usually tell people you want to grab, somebody grab the back legs like a wheelbarrow and you simply lift straight up. You gently lift straight up because it's a weird sensation for a dog. And like usually 99% of the time they will let go. And then you just have to not, you know, kind of not let them see each other. In a situation where if you have two dogs that hang out together normally and they get into a little bit of a tussle, some owners have a tendency, they separate them and that's the worst thing you can do. They're like two little kids having an argument. You know, they, as long as it's not a really bad argument, even if it is, you want to separate them, but not separate them. You want to just kind of let them calm down so that their last memory of each other isn't like them being drug away from each other in like full on rage or like screaming and, you know, growling at each other. I usually tell clients if that happens, separate them, but make them sit next to each other for a little bit when they calm down. Because usually it's just over something stupid. I had my two got into a little tussle over a piece of broccoli that fell on the floor. Neither of them wanted it. But when my great Dane went to get it, my Corsa was like, hey, I want that. And then all of a sudden they argued with each other. It wasn't a full blown fight or anything, but I grabbed both of them by the scruff and I sat them next to each other like two little kids. And then, and then you could see as soon as they calmed down, it was all over, you know, and so I used just, and always stay calm, like take that breath. Like my mentor said to me one time when take a deep breath, take a one or two seconds and just take a deep breath and then figure out what, you know, rather than just go in, try to stay as calm as you possibly can. It's not easy all the time, but that's usually, you got to try to keep your head. Yeah. You know? Because if you're not calm, they're picking up on that energy too, right? Exactly. And if you're scared or frustrated or anxious, you know, which I think is probably the number one thing that we have to remember is that if you do have a reactive dog and you're going out and training them not to immediately walk out so stressed out yourself that they are picking up on that energy. They do. And people anticipate it. So if I tell, I try to tell my clients, if you're walking your dog who's reactive and you see another dog, think about your honeymoon or think about like, don't think, oh God, there's a dog. And then all of a sudden, because it goes right down that leash and your dog goes right on alert. And then the next thing you know, your dog, you know, reacts. But if you just walk them through it over time, that that goes away. And like with proper training exercise and the right CBD oil and stuff, when everything's combined, those things start to fall away. Like those bad behaviors start to fall away. And what about diet? How does that affect? (laughs) That's a whole other show. (laughs) But it's a lot like, I don't know, a hyper kid when... You know, they're, what do you look at well, yeah. they're eating for breakfast and why they can't sit still and then they crash at whatever? Is it the same type of thing? Yeah, it's the same type of thing. When I'm working with, if a client comes to me and they have like a fearful and or aggressive dog, I say, I always say, check, I want their, their health and I need to know what their diet is. Because if there's something going on with their health, if they're experiencing some sort of skin issue, if they're having hip problems, if they're in any kind of pain, that's going to, that's really going to factor in. 
um, and their diet. If you're feeding crappy food with high carbohydrates and everything's turned into sugar, and now you have a crazy little nerve bag that I'm trying to train, there's, you know what I mean? I can't help that. So I try to tell people, let's, let's talk about diet and let's talk about their health. And once we kind of get that figured out in the interim, I still do, you know, exercise and training, but in the process, I try to get them on the right path as far as what they're feeding their dog and to make sure that their health is okay. And then that helps too. Cause I've had clients say, well, my dog had a really bad skin issue and I didn't even know it. And then once they figure out the skin issue and they were eating better, you, they saw things start to change. We had a, um, there was a Husky that we were working with who was, she was nasty. You'd, she would just have these moments of, she'd freak out and nobody could figure out why she was she's so a husky. snarky. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that was that's part of it. But the foster came home and the dog was, wouldn't stop. It was throwing up. It wouldn't get, like something was seriously going on. They took the dog to the ER. They found out that a while back, she ingested a tube of antibacterial, the little antibacterial stuff. She must have ate it. So there was a tube of that in her stomach. Oh my gosh. So she was uncomfortable. And once they removed that, and she was healed, you, her personality completely changed. So you have to really... I love that you're saying this. Well, yeah, you have, their health is so important because if you have a dog that's in any kind of pain, whether it's hip, dis, whether it could be hips, it could be thyroid, it could be a skin issue, it could be an ear, like maybe they, they're an ear infection, like any little is like with us, if we're not feeling 100%, right. we're snarky. I know I am. If I don't feel well, yeah. I could be a little crazy. I love that you're saying this because this happened to my Doberman with her osteosarcoma. You know, she was also an alpha dog. Literally, if she hit her tumor leg, she thought someone bit or snipped at her and took down whoever was near her, like not understanding it. So, yeah, definitely put her in a bad mood and changed who she was in the pack. So I think that's it was one of my signs of what's wrong. Something's off kind of thing. But, yeah, I totally see they get in a bad mood just like we do and may need to be separated mm-hmm. i too have you know multiple dogs and i've had two of my dogs that just got in a rumble and have worked it out and it's funny because i usually go yeah, yeah you deserved that <laughs> kind of thing yeah but it's uh it's so important to remember that they're just like us and feeling calm and confident and exercised and not crazy is a is a good feeling so what should they be looking for for a trainer like you if we can't, you know, we're not near you? How do we find a good trainer if we are right. trying to work with our dogs like this? Or at least even a group that they can walk with that lets them do what, you know, the no dog left behind kind of thing. I mean, if, if they don't have a, they can always call me. I can do, I could Zoom oh, them in and awesome. we can work Well, then tell away. us how do they can get in touch with you then? They could go on my website and they can, they can get a hold of me there on my Facebook page, of course. Mannered Mutt's. Men are much dog training. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that's my that's my email. But um, and if they're in any of the southern states, I'd gladly fly down there because it's a hell of a lot warmer <laughs> than where I am right now. Good to know. But anyway, no, the you want to find a trainer that's going to work with you. You know, you, you want to ask the questions, you know, I've got a fearful dog, things like that. Um, and there's a lot that you could do on your own as far as introducing them to situations and things like that. It's but talk to a trainer, see how they train, what what kind of methods they use, and how are they going to, you know, they should come up you know, with a protocol for you. Because usually I, I'll evaluate the dog, I talk to the people, I want to know how the dogs, what does this dog do every day? 
you know, what is it, you know, from the time he wakes up, what, what's his day like, what's his health, what's he eating, and then we go from there. And then I can usually kind of put together a protocol. And then I kind of see how they react. You know, I'll do a situation where, you know, if it's a dog reactive dog, thankfully my Corso is very non-reactive. So if they really, if they full on go after Grayson, my, you know, and he's just sitting there quiet, not even making eye contact, then okay, we've got a lot of work to do. But if there's not a lot of, if there's a little bit of a, you know, a reaction, it's not too, too bad, then it's like, okay, so I know, I kind of know the level of rehab that we're going to need. And I just sit with the owners and I kind of discuss a plan and we go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for this amazing uh, information. And, you know, we love our calm tincture, but it's, if you've got a reactive or an anxious dog, you can't just put this on their gums and think everything's going to work. You have to work with them. You have to train them. And then, of course, you have to feed them a, a biologically appropriate diet that feeds them and their soul that doesn't mess with their behavior. We are doing a 15% off on CBD Dog Health if you use the coupon code CALM. If you guys are interested in incorporating that into your dog's uh, lifestyle as far as if you're looking to calm them down or train them, it's a wonderful tool to use with that. But Michelle, thank you so much for your tips. I learned so much. It was nice to talk to someone and find out that there is hope for these COVID dogs. Oh, absolutely. And we know that it's not too late to train them. I get rescues all the time that I'm able to completely change their dangerous or bad behavior. Of course, they still have some bad habits, but none that are are scary Mm -hmm. or that hurt anybody. So no dog is perfect, but they definitely could learn some really good habits. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to give us these awesome tips. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at cbddoghealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.